Lisa, anime, I have a question for you. <laughs> What's your question, Eric? <laughs> have you guys ever tried to diet? Yes. yes. What's the best one you ever did? <laughs> None um, of them. Yeah. I just think the, clean eating. Yeah. I think the Atkins diet sounds the best, though. But I clean think... eating. That's an interest. It's interesting that you mentioned that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> have you ever... In all, in, in all this time, have you ever considered taking a diet from flavor? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> My name is Eric McAdams, and this is a podcast about incompetence. Each episode, I tell a guest and you, the listener, a story from history involving massive incompetence. Yeah, this week, my guests are Lisa and Anime, who would be and should be returning guests, but unfortunately, due to my own big-time whoopsie, are not, because I lost my audio and we couldn't put out an episode that's all right this one will be better yeah they made they made real angry faces at me while i was talking about that <laughs> we're just like slightly bitter about it it's okay i can't imagine you have, why he apologized a lot he did but like i still need yeah it's gonna be okay. i'm still a little salty we're gonna make it <laughs> that pickle was so good oh i'm gonna reuse the pickle in a later one it's too yeah. good not to try it's again. Too good not to try that pickle. That was a great pickle. Ooh. Guys, stay tuned for a really wonderful pickle. I also yeah. enjoyed not looking up pictures of people. That was fun. We can't talk about the pickle. We can't spoil the pickle for the other pickle. I'm just saying. But we know in the story we looked up. Yeah, and so my parameters from you guys, because you guys got to exact all kinds of ridiculous demands on me in compensation for losing the episode, uh, <laughs> were. A range of places, but specifically, you were interested in an episode about food. Yes. So this episode is all food, all the time, always. We are, That's our like main story is about lives. food, and our two pickles are about food. We did demand two two pickles. Yeah, that that was the other half of the demands that I had to do two pickle for the knowing ones to sate the ever hungry beast. That's it you. is my <laughs> listeners and also That's Lisa. So and anime. rude. <laughs> hungry for content. I'm also ever hungry, so it's fine. <laughs> ever hungry is my epithet. <laughs> and I'm the ever hungry and beast. It's, it's, yeah, it's also the food episode, guys. I'm trying to keep on theme. Yay, food. Ever hungry for content. Yeah, should we get started, or do you guys want to do some more, like, giggling at nothing? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of how I roll, but. Alright. Hit me. All right. Hit me with the shot. <laughs> Do y'all know what the temperance movement is? Yes. Alcohol, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> I'm gonna need a little more than alcohol, what right? Is, what is the temperance movement, Eric? No, I wanted an answer, guys. <laughs> Are you sure you don't? Know oh, just well, tell? it's probably like is that the whole when like, everyone was you know holding back, right? Yeah, and like they weren't drinking alcohol, weren't yeah. having sex. Weren't eating what they want to eat. They weren't having sex. 
Okay, so specifically, it wasn't just alcohol, right? It was no alcohol, which is an right. important oh, distinction. Oh, the lack of... Sorry. Sorry. In my head, that made sense. Yeah. No booze. In my no head, booze. I knew it was no alcohol. Yeah, the temperance movement, those later. big booze drinkers. <laughs> so starting in the 1820s, the temperance movement began initially to curb the drinking of hard liquor. Basically, in a lot of different rural communities, a lot of farmers wanted to ban whiskey distilleries. That was the basic genesis of the temperance movement. Do you like whiskey? No, but I appreciate its art. Mm. Wow. <laughs> that was just... Do you like whiskey? No, but I appreciate its art. I mean, it is pretty. Have you seen White Collar, that episode where they're talking about no. whiskey? We're not going to talk about White Collar because starting in the 1820s, the temperance movement would only gain ground over the next hundred years. Uh... <laughs> It, w- it essentially became more and more extreme after the 1820s. It, it evolved from being just like, actually, we should do this in moderation. We shouldn't do hard drinks. That's all it was. It was fine with beer, that kind of stuff. It was fine with drinking in moderation. That wasn't a big deal. Whatever. Then it started to get tangled up in religious movements. And it's in the 1830s that the idea of moral righteousness can be attained through a collaboration with physical health. That each of these two things augments the other. The idea of living well on a personal level, as well as a spiritual level, that these two things work in tandem and in harmony. That makes sense. We're going to talk about a man who got his start in the Temperance Society. Sylvester Graham was born on July 5th, 1794, to a family comprised of a 70-year-old father, a mentally ill mother, and 16 uh, siblings. Oh. 16. 16. 16. That That's is a lot. 15 too many. <laughs> I just want to cry thinking about having 16 okay, children. So 70 is very old for this time period, and Graham's father died when Graham was the, the age of two. His mother was not equipped to take care of him, so he bounced from relative to relative throughout his childhood. Graham was known as a highly sensitive, sickly child who missed a lot of school due to illness. Poor nug. <laughs> Graham eventually enrolled in Amherst Academy, and which later it became known as Amherst College. You may have heard of it. Hey, yeah, been numero uno. Yeah, because he, he believed that becoming a minister would uh, be good for his health. Again, the idea of spiritual health being intertwined with physical health. He, uh, but like He can... later dropped out of the academy. But he did uh-huh. become a preacher in 1828 and joined the Philadelphia Temperance Society in 1830. He had a talent for lecturing crowds, which he had discovered in Amherst and went on to use for the Temperance Society, and he attracted a following based on his ideas about health. He soon left the Temperance Society to focus on his own teachings because his teachings focused more on a total diet than just alcohol. He believed that gluttony and greed were the true enemies of the American people, and that reflected more in their diet than actual alcohol. Okay. Cool. Cool. Graham got a huge boost to his national visibility at this time, thanks to cholera. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, no. The infection became a pandemic in the 1830s and 40s, killing over 100,000 Americans in that time. 
How we doing, guys? Great. Good. Cool. Cholera. How is cholera spread? Uh, cholera is a bacterial infection. It uh, has a specific bacteria that enters usually through water or a contaminated food supply. Right. Yeah. That's how it happened in um, kind of cholera. Recently? Is there a recent cholera outbreak? Yeah, where was it? I, it was d- I don't the know. The World I Health was... Organization. It was their fault. I've been researching <sighs> the 19th century. I haven't been researching recent cholera. Anyway, sorry. It's bad. Sorry, cholera would be bad. <laughs> contaminated food supply. Contaminated food supply. And, and more usually contaminated water supply, especially yeah. in developed countries. I took an infectious disease class. It's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, so cholera. Yeah. 100,000 100, Americans dead. Yeah, dead. well well over 100,000. Graham claimed that, this di- that his diet, which we'll elaborate on in a bit, would protect his followers from the disease. By not drinking water? He specifically preached that sticking to clean water and fresh fruits and vegetables would fortify them against it. This is, of course, partially right, uh, because clean water does help you not to get infected with diseases. <laughs> mm-hmm. However, he tended to believe that this made that this diet would make you healthy and being healthy would protect you against the disease. So it's That's not like he actually knew what he was talking about. Gotcha. Lisa's very pro vaccine. <laughs> Sorry. I would hope <laughs> so. <laughs> Yes, good. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Graham rose to prominence, ju- prominence just after the Industrial Revolution, a time when refined white flour and restaurants were on the rise. He hated this. I Graham hate was, white flour. Yeah. I spit on white flour. He believed that uh, taking the bran out of flour and uh, making and refining it into white flour was not healthy and that whole grain would be much more healthful. Wow, so ahead of his time. Which again, true. <laughs> yeah, he's not wrong. Yeah, he's not it should be clear that like while this he was basically the guy who would like pass for a scientist at this point, he's no mm-hmm. scientist. He doesn't really know what he's talking about, but right. he is it's right just, about like, this. Guessing and actually is somehow right. Yeah. He advocated that bread should be made of stone ground, unbolted, coarse flour, and that it should never be made for commercial purposes. But... Yeah, he always had to be made in the house. That was was another thing about it. He didn't... He wasn't interested in commercial bakers because he believed they added chemicals and other adulterants to their flour, which had basically been proven several times over in London and in parts of of America and would continue to be the case more and more so up until the creation of the FDA. Mm. So he was again, kind of right about this. And he wrote as much in his treatise on bread and bread making, which caused a lot of controversy, mostly because it enraged commercial bakers. There were. Gotta love when they read a whole treatise. Yeah, he it's not had... just an essay; it's a treatise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a, also, it was a whole can treatise. You imagine like a bunch of angry commercial bakers coming together <laughs> with their rolling pins, <laughs> shaking them, chasing you out of town. The uh, yeah, and that is actually kind of what happened. Not specifically with like rolling pins, but a bunch of bakers did interrupt his speaking engagements. And at one point, <laughs> one of them was like canceled and moved because they were worried about a baker riot. I feel like there's a good pun in here somewhere. I really want them to be throwing little dough balls and have them, like, splat. 
Yeah, Sorry, I don't. Continue. I don't think too much violence actually erupted because of this. But Graham was undeterred. He continued preaching his message, and because of all this attention, plus the cholera outbreak, plus the fact that he was very good at speaking, uh, his following only grew. And eventually, not only were there several periodicals devoted entirely to his message on health, but there were also several boarding houses that would enforce his bland food diet onto the people that lived there. Wow. That's quite a following. Yeah. A lot of these boarding houses were uh, confined to single genders. They would be male only a lot of the time. That's because the other thing that bothered Graham as much as Americans' oh, propensity no. for eating meat oh, no. was masturbation. <laughs> of course. It's the meat and meat joke you gotta have. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta speak to the microphone, anime. We gotta hear that. Um, meat and meat joke. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Good stuff. Quality podcast. I feel like this wrestling. Okay, so he doesn't like masturbation. Yeah. Uh, and no, no. Wait, is it masturbation for all people? Or just. Just dudes. Just dudes or just chicken? That'd be all people. Just chicken. Yeah, I guess if he doesn't think men should do it, he definitely doesn't think women should do it. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good rule of thumb. <laughs> women? They don't do that. It's a myth. Female orgasm. It doesn't exist. Now, while Graham was pretty different from the majority of America in his other beliefs, like eating just vegetables, pff, I'm going to eat pig all the time. That's what I'm going to do. Exercising? There's no need for that. It'll just tire me out. Bathing all the time? Ah, who needs it? Bah. Clean water? I don't need it. That was basically America's position on all those but they definitely agreed with him on the anti-masturbation thing <laughs> it's like we must lock the men and women up separately yes pretty much america was pretty typing. worried america was was pretty worried at the time about its young people's habit of having sex and also masturbating it was really concerned for for how parents were going to instill in their children that this was a bad thing isn't there like the your hands will grow hair We'll get into symptoms later. <laughs> I'm so ready. <laughs> I'm so ready. Yeah. Graham believed masturbation was both sinful and unhealthy. And because Graham is more interested unhealthy. in the health aspect. Yep. Unhealthy. Yeah. No. Gotta yeah. keep all the goods on the inside. Have you, have you heard the, the rumor that uh, masturbating too much will make you go blind? I've heard that phrase. I've never heard that. Really? You've never heard that? It was on TV. Oh, oh that's an old that's an old, old rumor, and I'll tell and I'll prove it to you because it was around this time that those rumors started getting spread. <laughs> Did in he America. start it? Please tell me. I don't know Sylvester if it was specifically Graham. Graham, but he was one of the ones who definitely spread it to all of America. He's like, guys, you're gonna go blind. Yeah, because know, Graham believed that kids. masturbation would cause both blindness and an early death. Was it, wait, you said his father died late or died early? Uh, he, his father died really early when he was two years old. Jacking it. <laughs> that would be a very late death, actually. And you'll remember that he had oh, right, 17 70. children. So Just it's kidding. not like he was abstaining. 
But he didn't need to masturbate while he did this. Oh, oh, Graham also thought that having sex more than once a month was unhealthy. Once a month? That was like the... I don't like this guy at all. <laughs> I'm Maybe shocked, you really? Go on, brand. on this podcast? It's not giving you someone to root for? <sighs> Crazy. I rooted for Bartolome. I rooted you for did. Bartolome all the way. I feel like there's been people I've rooted for. I don't remember. It's been a while. Okay, sorry. Continue. I did not root for Jeff. From Schlitterbahn. No, I didn't. He was terrible. Well, yeah. (laughs) Like I said, you're not really supposed to. So, this was the main reason that he kept his diet to be completely flavorless, as flavorless as possible. He believed that any fatty, flavorful, meaty, or spicy food would augment a person's libido. Wait, did you say it libido? What? Libido? I said libido. I... uh... <laughs> I was I was going for emphasis. I can I can do libido next time if that if it made you uncomfortable. It kind of made me feel greasy. <laughs> like meh. Wait, so okay. spicy food? So flavor makes augments. Yeah, and by spicy food I don't just mean like hot food. You mean I like also... salt and pepper? Like anything yeah, kind of. So like white people food. Yeah, anything, anything meaty. Oh, he was, he was, uh, he didn't believe in eating meat, and he actually, he was. Kind of meat meat joke. This was a huge, yeah, this was a huge cause of uh, despair for him because he was like, "I'll never convince Americans not to eat meat." That's I a can't do it. Yeah, that's definitely still true. Um, but also any anything that was like processed, anything like that, it all had to go, and he and he strived to make his 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 food as flavorless as possible, and that extended specifically to his bread. He didn't think bread should be sweet at all, and he had, like, a specific way of making his own bread uh, and crackers that would be as flavorless as possible. Rough. So, wait, he would be like, everybody has to make bread in the home. Yeah. And it has to be my recipe, and it has to be awful. Pretty much, yes. Because it's gonna save your soul. Yeah, and again, this this, uh, caught on, and there were whole houses devoted to this. Sylvester Graham died in 1851, but in his later years, he would help form the American Vegetarian Society, which is one of the first vegetarian movements in America. Sir Sylvester Graham, vegetarian. Great. Cool. Yeah. And this is where we're going to take a break for another show on the MajorCast Network. I'm Tom Lockney. And I'm Liam Sr. I really like video games and internet culture. And I like movies and TV. And every week we research a true story from our preferred mediums and tell it to the other person. It's super fun and it's great. And even when it gets a little intense, we find the last in it, damn it. Lots of learning, lots of laughter, sometimes bummers, but lots of friendship. Media Majors. Every Monday on the Major Cast Network. So before I get back into the episode proper, I feel like I should mention that uh, there is also an episode of The Dollop that deals with exactly the same stuff that I'm talking about here. Uh, The Dollop goes much more in depth, but is also a kind of live comedy episode with like Patton Oswalt, I think it's like episode 41 called The Serial Men. So if you want to learn more of the color, The Serial Men, yeah. Uh, If you want to learn more of the color behind this story, I would recommend listening to that. And I'm also using it for a couple uh, points of information, though I didn't use it as any kind of primary source. Great. So we can get back Wait, into but it now. You sent me a podcast, though. 
that I should listen to. It's like a history podcast about America. It's like your yeah, story about America. Yeah, was it The Dollop? I don't remember. It was probably it's The Dollop. 41. It's a funny podcast, and it, and it uses a very similar structure to Big Time Whoopsies. Oh. Of course, they're, they do American history, and I do any history in the world. And they don't focus on incompetence. Those are the main differences. It's 46. 40, the 46th episode? Yeah. Yes. Yes, sir. I am downloading it now. Oh, God. <laughs> You're going to compare notes after this? No. She will, we will immediately listen to it. I don't it. have time to listen to it. You can listen to it in the car ride. Yeah, I could, actually. Maybe I'll do that. Yes, I will be listening to this right after. Yeah, that episode is like an hour and 40 minutes, though, and I don't think oh. this... Just kidding. Personally, I I'm don't think good. these kinds of stories are an hour and 40 minutes long. It's we a creative difference. Got another hour to go. <laughs> yeah, really. So, at this point in the story, Sylvester Graham is dead. We're going to talk about the people that Sylvester Graham inspired. As it turns out, Sylvester Graham's teachings were extremely influential. We'll get to some other followers of his, but primarily we're going to talk about one man. His name was John Harvey Kellogg. He was a Seventh-day Adventist and the director of the Battle Creek Sanitarium in Michigan. Ew. (laughs) Rusted flakes. John Harvey Kellogg was actually born the year after Graham died in 1852, but he is known for sticking to similar health beliefs. Kellogg also believed in a bland diet being healthful, but he was more extreme on sex than Graham was, believing partaking in it at all to be unhealthy. What? But then the human race would die out, bro. Uh, Kellogg never had sex with his wife. He never even consummated the marriage. Oh, the poor woman. And instead instead of having children of their own, they adopted eight of them. Along with, oh. I believe, 20 or 30 other foster care kids. Well, I mean, that's great. I wonder if she was okay with it. Maybe she just was happy about it. She was they like, slept in separate bedrooms their I entire the marriage. Did and she apparently, have apparently on their honeymoon, he was working on like some writing about his diet. Rough. Yeah. She must have had affairs. I don't know, maybe you were... No, she, she might have just been the same as him. That's amazing. True love right there. Well, match yeah. made in. John was hardly the only person inspired by Sylvester Graham. There are there are plenty of others. Uh, and a lot of them visited Kellogg at his sanitarium. And not only did a bunch of, like, normal people visit the sanitarium to get better, a lot of famous people are counted among... Say unnormal people. <laughs> abnormal. Weird people. Strangers. No. Famous people were also Strange. known to visit the sanitarium. Over the course of Kellogg's tenure as director, his notable patients included, but were not limited to, William Howard Taft, Amelia Earhart, Henry (gasps) Ford, Thomas Edison, and Sojourner Truth. What? Yeah. That's, like, really impressive. To learn more about Henry Ford, I would recommend listening to my episode about Nazis. I did. I listened to all of them. Me too. Yeah, that was for the listeners, guys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Listen up, guys. Listen you to the listeners. episodes. They're great. <sighs> Listen to the Schlitterbahn one, though. It's my favorite. It is a good one. Is it your favorite, really? I, I think so. I like the Garbage Mafia. I really like the episode. Thank Seagull. you. No one ever talks about that, but that's a good episode. I like that episode. It's a good one. But you also reference it again in a different episode. 
I also like the serial killer one where he was on the dating show. Yep, the one with the first one with Lily. Yep, Pirates. Pirates was good in. Yes, I love the pirate ones. Also, the pirate pickle is like ideal. Oh, I like the forest fin one too. Uh, <laughs> oh, those are both close to home. <laughs> 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 oh, and the sovereign citizens one I found fascinating. Yeah, I feel like I should have actually introduced that at the beginning because, listeners, here's something you need to know. About no, anime. guys, don't do this. <laughs> Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. Anytime I say something inaccurate, let me know. But your significant other has been researching and searching for Forrest Fenn's treasure for some time now. Yeah, that's true. How is that going? In fact, he he feels pretty good about it. However, he's not found the treasure, guys. If you're curious, it's still out there for you to find. He hasn't found it. It might not still be out there, as uh, several people have talked to me about after listening to that episode. It might have been destroyed, found, and not and not claimed, you know, to the world or anything else. But like, okay, we're gonna get back to our actual story. I just thought listeners should know that if you want to listen to the Forest Fens Buried Treasure episode, that's just you know the two episodes ago, so not that hard to find. Is it really only two episodes ago? Yeah, I've yeah, been skipping episode episodes occasionally for a variety of reasons like this one i skipped the my my most recent one because uh the website was under redesign where did i leave off guys i don't even remember <laughs> yeah Kellogg. I so. okay all the okay. famous people no kellogg and then he had yeah but he had they adopted taft. yeah and then the other kids we they adopted the kids, kids and then 20 foster kids and then taft all these famous yeah, I, Earhart. I, yeah so I just told you about all the famous people who went to the, the battle creek sanitarium uh, so let's talk about what they would experience at the sanitarium. Oh, no. I, I told you that uh, John Harvey Kellogg was a big believer uh, in a, the bland diet. So the food that you were eating at the sanitarium wouldn't have been great. Um, and again, he was very extreme on sex, not even believing that you should have it ever. You know, Graham was like, you can have it once a month. Kellogg was like, not mm-hmm. at all. Never. Cut Don't it. even try it. Also, he believed masturbation was twice as bad as sex, did Kellogg. Alright, but what happened? They're sticking to it. Whatever. Sticking. <laughs> he would. He also, at one point, detailed a range of symptoms that would let <laughs> oh, you know that a person has been, has been masturbating. These included, but were not limited to, because there were 39 in total that he denoted. 39. Uh, 39 yeah. that he said. Can you list them all real fast? No, I'm going to I'm going to give you the greatest hits basically. Oh. Defective development, mood swings, bashfulness, boldness. Bashfulness and boldness. Yes, I, that's real. Stiffness, which is hilarious, liking spicy food, <laughs> acne, round shoulders, insomnia, paleness, Clammy hands and epilepsy. <laughs> and epilepsy. And again, that's not even half of the whole list. Wait, so basically he's saying if you have personality or you masturbate. Yes. Like just like Graham, people should be as bland as possible. This is the only way to be a good person. Wow. Wow. Wait, can Patient- you run through it again? Just Okay. Uh, defective development, mood swings, bashfulness, boldness, stiffness, liking spicy food, acne, round <laughs> shoulders, insomnia, paleness, clammy hands, or epilepsy. 
do you just want to hear him say stiffness? <laughs> yeah, the, the fact that's... Now, stiffness ranged from just stiffness to the joints or other parts of the body. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you can just pretty much just generalize it as stiffness is hilarious, objectively. <laughs> Patients at the sanitarium would be subjected to this extremely bland diet and a range of machines that Kellogg oh, had invented. No. Are these like your machines that are the pickle ones? Like the dimple making machine and the chin <laughs> reducer? Kind of. Some of them were just like high tech baths that would like be warm, Ooh. that kind of thing. Little bubble baths. Yeah, some of them were just massagers. Um, what kind of massagers? Others were machines that were designed to give high speed, high volume enemas. <laughs> Do they use those now? <laughs> Wait, high speed, high volume, like... John was obsessed with bowel movements. <laughs> he believed that multiple that enemas bland. a day... He believed that multiple enemas a day were necessary for good health. He himself <laughs> received an enema every day after breakfast. His Lunch patient's enemas also involved yogurt. What? I love yogurt. I don't think you want to love yogurt after this. After getting cleansed with water, patients also had their enemas involved a pint of yogurt, which was injected in both ends of them. Oh, no, 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 no. Can we talk about how bad a yeast infection would be after that? Yeah, it would also, but then there would also be more water after that. So, like, who knows? But, like, if you put another water jet up there, you're going to just push that bacteria all up in there. I'm upset. This is... Nope. Nope. This is part of why Kellogg got so interested in the whole dietary restrictions because he was obsessed with bowel movements and bowel health. He believed that having a clean... With all that yogurt. Yeah, having a clean bowel would lead to all kinds of things. He claimed it would cure cancer, it would cure schizophrenia, all this stuff. It would... That's that's what he believed that having a lot of enemas would do. He, he had a lot of other ideas, and the dollop goes more in-depth with these because they're hilarious, but, like... I'm sorry. So, aside from this, you remember those massage machines I told you about? And then I asked the question, where it is it? Yeah. Well, this included a chair that would vibrate so violently it would induce bowel movements. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, it's no. like the brown note, but a chair. And also other <laughs> massagers that would induce similar effects. Wait, so if you're sitting in the chair, though, does it have a hole so that your poop gets Not collected? Sure. Or do you just shit on the chair? I don't chair? know. He also advocated, like, exercising really strenuously until a bowel movement occurred, for which he, for which he advised you wearing a diaper during. (laughs) This guy is, like, kind of freaky. Kinda? Mm -hmm. He's obsessed with Like, if he didn't think that sex was... But let's get back to food, because that's what we're here to talk about. (laughs) I can't think about food right now. He also invented a mixture of wheats, oats, of wheat, oats, and corn, which he called granula. The problem was, he didn't actually invent this, because another doctor had invented a mixture of wheat, oats, and corn, called, and he called it granula, and he sued Kellogg over this. He's like, sir. Yeah, he stole the idea, obviously. So all Kellogg really had to do was prove that, like, his product was slightly different, so he just renamed it Granola. What? 
What is this madness? <laughs> he got squeaky laugh going. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to some more food products in a minute. Wait, is Birdseed in it? His brother Will Kellogg was put in charge of the food company that manufactured this and other products. For instance, John had invented a a process to flatten the grains that he would use into flakes, which they put into their company, which they called cornflakes. This is how cornflakes was invented, because they were so bland that it was believed they would discourage masturbation. I knew that. I think I knew that. Yeah. Yeah, Cornflakes... Cornflakes were invented to stop people from masturbating. Oh my gosh. Cereal can solve all your problems. Mm. I really don't like cereal. I don't like cereal either. either. If you want to eat cereal. Yeah, the problem was the two brothers eventually butted heads over the management of this company because Kellogg obviously was a health nut. But they're both cogs. That's the whole point. John, sorry, John was a health nut. Will was a businessman. Okay. Will wasn't interested in all this, like, bland food stuff. He wanted to make a product that would sell. He put frosting on those flakes. While they were doing just fine, Will decided that they could use something like flavor, for instance, sugar on them. Perhaps something extremely addictive. Crazy flavor. Addicting? Addictive. Yeah. Probably got Uh, paid off by the sugar companies, too. They eventually, basically, they went into legal battle over the company. Will formed his own company to to make it, and eventually Will actually won this battle. Uh, And not only did he win the company and the products that it that it marketed, it also made it illegal for John Kellogg to put the name Kellogg on his future business ventures. <laughs> Sucks to suck, bro. They apparently did not speak again. I mean, I well, wouldn't. Yikes. Yeah. You turned but, your healthy, like, bland Kellogg flakes with your enemas, and you gotta leave it all behind. But Kellogg's behind. cereal was not the only brand of cereal that was created for this bland food movement. What other brands were there, Eric? Well, C.W. Post also uh, was a patient at the sanitarium more than once, and he had the idea to basically steal that idea and make his own cereals. Although his first product was not cereal, actually. the po- You know, the whole Postum cereal, and then would go on to make grape nuts and other kinds of cereal. Grape nuts are terrible. Yes, but, you know, and then Post would get absorbed into General Foods. General Foods got absorbed into Kraft. Kraft became merged with Heinz, and now it's all under Kraft. But at the beginning, Post's first uh, food product was like a cereal beverage, where instead of, like, flakes that you would put in milk or something, it was, like, flake drink. <laughs> it was... That like basically, terrible. yeah, like bread you could drink. That was oh. that was his first product. Gross, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Work on thyself. But there, but that's that. but that's not all of the bland foods that were created to stop people from having libido. You remember Sylvester Graham? How could I forget? Oh no! Wait, Graham? Graham? As in? No, Graham. Flour. I knew this too. 
I knew this too. Graham Flower was created not by Sylvester Graham, but by his followers to venerate, to, to, to duplicate the kind of flour he would make. So Graham Flower and Graham Bread were made to his exact specifications, as were Graham Crackers, which were the specific crackers that he would make. This I knew about this. I but didn't know about the cornflakes. I knew sweetie. about the, the, graham, the graham crackers. Graham crackers are sweet. That's because companies started making them on their own. They were like, these suck. Let's add honey and sugar. Let's not eat them anything like they are. And nice. that's where the, that's where these stories end is because all of these cereal companies are now known for their sugary kinds of cereal. And graham crackers are best when they have cinnamon sugar on them or or marshmallows and chocolate between them. Preach. Rough. So while oh, wait, they were inventing that ice cream that was like graham cracker flavored ice cream with like chocolate bits and marshmallow bits, it wasn't my favorite, but it was definitely one of the favorites of the people I used to sell ice cream to. Yeah, I think graham crackers are now oh, best known for being the crust in cheesecakes. So like, oh, did a lot of great stuff there, Sylvester. <laughs> oh, cheesecake! All because anyway, he was trying that's... to stop people from whacking it. That's this. Yeah, that's the story of graham crackers and cornflakes. Don't jerk off, kids. <laughs> Amazing. I'm so glad this was our story. <laughs> yeah. And also, if you ever listen to the dollop episode about it, you will thank me for not getting into the uh, surgeon practice, the oh, surgery no. practices of John Harvey Kellogg. But now I gotta know. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. Hit us. Okay. Food wasn't <laughs> the only thing that Kellogg yeah, did. No, no. Food was not the only thing that Kellogg manufactured to stop people from masturbating. He also advocated circumcision. Because he believed that having a foreskin would lead uh, to irritation of the penis and cause boys, because they were touching it to like itch it, would then start to masturbate. You're like, oh man, this is itching. That oh, was man, his that reasoning. That feels kind of good. Oh man, I'm jacking it. I can't yeah. help it. He would also uh, he would also remove parts of patients' intestines if they, if they were inflamed or irritated. Wait, how that old kind are of thing. these people that he's doing these surgeries to? Well, he he advocated mostly neonatal circumcision, uh, but he also advocated older ones um, without anesthetic. Uh, I which guess would, you never want to touch it again. Which would yeah, which would leave boys with the uh, uh, rem- the memory of the severe pain and not want to touch their dick again. Valid. <laughs> that was that thing. But occasionally, parents and children did not want to circumcise their children, and he had a more extreme solution for that. Oh, no. Was it castration? It, I thought um, it was illegal. <laughs> no, it was sewing the penis shut with wire. <gasps> he so also had a solution now. for women. Oh no. Uh, which was uh, just as bad. It didn't involve sewing it shut, but it did involve putting carbolic acid on the clitoris. <gasps> yeah. I'm in so much pain. <laughs> I'm so sad. Yeah, carbolic acid, which is poisonous and can cause paralysis. But, you know. Acid should not be going anywhere near Near that. that. Nope. Anyway, I don't know how, if this was ever used on anybody, but it is something he advocated. I hope not. Those poor people. Yeah, and also, if you think about it, if you sewed your penis together, you know... Wouldn't be easy to pee, but you could still get erect. Yep. Which would make a lot of problems with that. (laughs) Yeah, that just seems stupid. Wait, but how do you pee with a shut penis? Yeah, that's what we want to know. 
I hope that never happened to anyone. That's no one deserves that. No, I'm really curious. I don't. Yeah, don't. I like, can't say if it did. I don't know. Why don't you know? Anyway, Sorry. that's why I wasn't going to tell you, but you know, you guys asked. We asked. It's our. Own I was like, fault. that was my own fault. But now I, I'm going to have nightmares. I wasn't going to mention it. But you know. Yeah, Kellogg was kind of an extremist on this kind of stuff. He, a lot of his uh, exercise routines involved people just like beating up the patients, basically, like taking blows to the to the to the stomach. That's exercise is to take a blow. Yeah, basically. <coughs> Should we I move on to the pickle for the knowing ones, or sorry, um, the pickles? For I was the like ones? plural pickles, double pickle, <laughs> double yeah. pickle, double pickle. We're gonna stick with uh, food today. Because after, because I'm sticking to a theme this time. After every long story of grand incompetence, I like to tell a story of absurd competence in a very small story at the end. You're right. I was right. I tried to quote that earlier and misquoted. Oh no! I think I just misquoted myself. So don't worry about it. Oh. No, you didn't. You were right because I said it the way you just said it. You're oh. right because Anna's <laughs> right. So whatever, man. It's the same information regardless. Exactly. We're going to talk, talk about the recipes written down by a woman named Isabella. Isabella Beaton wrote a book called Book of Household Management in 1861. Oh, I've... Continue. No, no, say it. Sounds like a snooze. <laughs> Is yeah. this one of those ones where, like, a wife should be doing this for her husband. A wife would cook this. A wife will, like, smile this many times and... Will not burden him with things like taking the trash out. She will do that because he has made a happy home for her. She... We're going to talk about recipes, not the other stuff. Oh, well, sounds like a book I want to burn. Specifically, you know how all this bland food was like a health movement, basically? Yes, sir. And it is actually like a bland food diet after like a surgery or if you're feeling nauseous or something. That's actually not a bad idea. Like the Brad diet. <laughs> Don't okay. worry about it. Uh, this was echoed in this 1861 book, which talked about a couple of different recipes for invalid patients. How much do you guys like toast? Not that much. You know, I could live without it. Yeah? You're not a huge fan of it? No, are you going to ruin Actually, it for me forever? my unpopular opinion is that I think cereal is useless. I think cereal is useless, too. I don't. I think cereal is great. Cereal is useless. All right. Although anyway. I, I think is which, which is is Honey Bunches of Oats a post cereal? Yes, I think so. Yeah, right. That's probably my favorite cereal. So is. CW Post, way to go, buddy. Okay, I like toast, Honey Bunches. Of... You know, if it's sourdough, I do like sourdough toast. Sourdough bread is very good. And if someone else toasts it for me, it's like, really well, better. It's like, well, I'm also, I you... like like a sandwich with toasted bread. Like if the avocado is mushy, then you the know toast I don't like paninis the... though. Speaking really? of <laughs> sandwiches with toasted bread, he's like, guys, get it together. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about the toast sandwich to start. Oh boy. A toast sandwich is an incredibly intricate recipe where you take a piece of toast, butter it heavily, and then mm. put it in between two pieces of bread. <laughs> what? This Get is the entirety of the toast sandwich. That would be so weird. We should try that. We should do that. You you make a sandwich with toast as the filling. Yeah. Because it might be like crunchy smushy. It would have to be good bread though. Like none of that trash. Like, really good, like a sourdough loaf? Yeah. Yeah. That could be good. This is a traditional recipe 
in England. Specifically, it dates back to 1861 with this invalid recipe section of this book. Because, you know, you're supposed to feed it to people who aren't feeling well. Because it's bread, and then bread, and then bread. And then bread. <laughs> but it's got They texture. also say, like, if you want to spice it up, you can put in meat. And, like, that defeats the whole purpose. You're just making a two-decker sandwich, then. <laughs> you're basically making a Big Mac. What if you yeah. only put the let's, meat let's on make one a, If we're going to make a toast sandwich, let's commit. I want nothing That's but hilarious. butter and bread in the middle. Which, by the way, the butter and bread would not have been okay with Sylvester Sylvester Graham. You couldn't have butter on that stuff. Dairy was okay in small in small amounts, but fatty things like butter were not allowed. But but yogurt's groovy for for Kellogg because he yogurted up their butts. But it was probably like the plainest yogurt ever. Like there's no sugar in that. Definitely no sugar. He probably it was probably zero percent milk fat too. We're going to keep talking about toast, though. We're not done. Did you think we were done? No. No. We talked about the toast sandwich. Would you like to hear about toast water? Oh, no. Oh, no. In the same book by Isabella Beaton, another recipe for invalids is toast water. Would you like me to read? This This isn't her exact recipe. This comes from a 1930s cookbook. First, take two slices of bread, toast them, and then break toast into two pieces. Once you've made the toast, have a jug of water. You could this can be hot or cold. Ooh, and then add the toast to the water. Oh my Just god. Just let it float. Yeah, you don't wanna you don't wanna pour the water over the toast because then the toast will break apart and you'll have crumbs in it. You don't want that. Although, I, I think you can, though, on, depending on some recipes. Good Let God. this mixture stand for an hour, preferably oh, chilled. Gross. Once you've done Soggy, that... floppy toast. Once you've done that, strain the water through a cheesecloth, oh. add whatever you want to it then, and serve chilled. It's like vomit. toast gazpacho. <laughs> Except gross. Except worse. What you have made is toast Toast water. water. (laughs) I'm upset. (laughs) I'm so disgusted. For the toast lover in your life. What's weird is I looked this up on the internet in a few different places and some of them are like, this is joyless. Accept your fate. This is awful. I wish I'd never tried this. Shit like that. But there's something like, kind of good. Then there are people who are like, this is like a slight caramelly flavor. I'm kind of into it. I guess if you toast it like it has a char on it, it might be better. Maybe. Yeah, you want it, you the recipe calls for the toast being pretty brown. Interesting. All right. Toasty, you'd say. Yeah. So that's that's the first of the two pickles for the moment. Oh, I'm so one. glad those were like the two pickles together and I was like you better not have two toast pickles, bro. <laughs> I was like then I, I was then like you better toast and a special shout out to Ben, past Big Time Whoopsies guest, for suggesting toast sandwich to me. Whoop whoop, Ben. Thanks, Ben. The bomb uh, The second one, we're going to talk about soup. Because, you know, we haven't Spatula. talked enough about water. <gasps> Are you Did guys you... like me? Do you love eating turtle soup? Definitely. I'm sorry, I'm not a fan. But the problem with with loving turtle soup is that, you know what? They're endangered, and you're not allowed to eat them most of the time. What if you raise your own turtles? 
actually there are there are some places in america like philadelphia where snapper soup is a thing what does turtle taste like i don't i've never had turtle i can't funny you ask what turtle tastes like because people were looking for ways to come up with a replacement for turtles because they were so hard to get and they needed a cost-effective alternative in the early 20th century so instead of having turtle soup they made mock turtle soup I've heard of this. Why have I heard of this? Oh, oh you're going to you're going fi- to remember pretty soon, I think. Oh, no. Would you like to hear Mrs. Fowl's mock turtle soup recipe? Yes. yes. <laughs> Why have I heard of this? Why are you chuckling like that? Your chuckle scares me. Take a large calf's head. <sighs> scald off the hair. <sighs> boil it until the horn is tender. Then cut it into slices about the size of your finger with as little lean as possible. Have ready three pints of good mutton or veal broth. Put it in half a pint of Madeira wine, half a teaspoonful of thyme, pepper, a large onion, and the peel of a lemon chopped very small. A quarter of a pint of oysters chopped very small in their liquor, a little salt, the juice of two large onions, some sweet herbs, and the brains chopped. Stand all these together for about an hour and send it up to the table with the force meatballs, meatballs, made small, and the yolks of hard eggs. Eric. What a combination. Thank you, Kill. So you asked what turtle tastes like. It turns out in soup, it tastes like calf's brains. And that was the 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 extremely (laughs) crafty way. That people found to replace turtle soup. And actually, for a little while, the Campbell Soup Company produced no. mock turtle soup no. made of calf's head. No. Oh, no. Yeah, they did. And on, on the Wikipedia page for mock turtle soup, Andy Warhol, who you may know did some paintings of Campbell's soup, said that his favorite one was mock turtle. God. Did he know? Did he know? I don't know. Like I said, snapper soup is a thing in several parts of America. It's actually like a traditional Philadelphia dish, apparently. Uh, Snapper soup apparently has a really thick, heavy texture, and it is almost like gravy. Uh, Hmm. I don't think I need to try that. I feel really icky. So anyway. Anyway. That's the pickle for the knowing one. Could you have switched those pickles? So, wait, you wanted no. the mock turtle one before the toast? Yeah. Why no. would that have helped? I liked it this way. Because then I would have felt less sad at the end. <laughs> no, we get to plug ourselves. That's the like big this. time whoopsies <laughs> feeling, baby. Oh. Jacob, before we sign off, do you guys have anything on the internet you want to plug? No. I'm lame. Um, Lisa's in the... New World Symphony Orchestra. She has a page. www.nws.edu. Check us out. We're cool. Yay. Yay. Cool. We yeah. also both have Facebook. Don't look at my Facebook, please. Please look yeah, at our I Facebook. I don't, I, don't, I don't advocate people's Facebooks on Her here. Facebook is hilarious because it's yeah, no, mostly pictures not, that I've taken. We're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Eric McAdams. You can find me on Twitter at AudaciouslyYours. My personal website at NoCharacterIsSafe.com and my other... <laughs> podcasts on the network why does like the driest stuff set you guys off she's talking i don't know what's happening
Sorry. She's... <laughs> Say goodbye, guys. Bye, goodbye, guys. guys. Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun, stay nasty, and stay major.